Welcome to Alter to the Muse. Today, we have a very special interview with songwriters Dan and Faith. Let's get into it. So welcome, Dan and Faith. We're so excited to have you with us chatting today. This is great. We've been looking forward to this all week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. great to see you guys. Yeah, likewise, yeah. yeah. Great to be seen. So we are, the story of how we met you is, I always love sharing that story because we met at a farmer's market <laughs> a few years ago and it was the only, my daughter thought she would, our daughter Alessia thought she would have a, a booth selling baked goods that year. And it was the only day we ever went <laughs> to the market because after one day she said, nah, I don't want to be a baker. <laughs> and it's a lot of work to do that too. Yeah. So. It baked was, goods were really good. They were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was, she's great at it. And, um, she just decided it wasn't her business. That wasn't the thing yeah. she was going to get into. So as parents, we followed <laughs> wherever that went. But uh, that was how we met you, because you were playing live at the market that day. We and were. And it, I think that, was that our first or second time playing at the market? It might have been our first time at I the think market. it was. Okay, yeah. So and, it was such serendipity. It, total serendipity. That, and, <laughs> and, and, and we played the vegan comfort food song that day, too. We so. did. Yes. And, <laughs> did. and during during one of the breaks, because it, it's a three-hour set to play there, and that's a long time to play. So, yeah. you know, we play 45 minutes and then go wander around. And Dan went wandering around while I stayed up by the instruments, and he comes back. He said, there's a tent down there that's got vegan baked goods. <laughs> we got to go find them later. So, you know, later on, you know, the two of us wandered down and got to chatting. And, you know, Angie mentioned that, oh, you know, my husband Josh is also a musician. He's got a song about vegan food as well. And, and, and you know, the more we talked, the more ties we found together. And, and yeah. so, you know, we got hooked together on Facebook and started doing dinners together and the rest is history <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i always feel like that the reason we went to that market that one day was just to meet the two of you and that was yeah. it and then yeah. that oh, once okay. that was done we didn't have to go back <laughs> i i i will take the fates aligning that way any day it was, it, it, was I, it, it was such a joy to to get a chance to meet you folks and and meet the girls and uh, and yeah it's it's been a wonderful yeah. friendship yeah. yeah. So we know who you are and what you do, but maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit more about um, what it is you do. So what we you know we're talking about creativity and and that. And so how how do you fit into this puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been um, writing songs and performing f uh, for about fifteen years. Uh, we uh, had been. Uh, attending a lot of concerts uh, and uh, interested in music and we've been as kids we played we both played a lot of music or were involved in music heavily definitely but um, but about 15 years ago my dad died and I started writing and faith started writing and um, we actually both had taken at different times a class that was only offered twice in using lucid dreaming and meditation as inspiration for songwriting and um, I went into it knowing I needed to write something. I didn't know if it was lyrics. And two weeks in, I had my first song. And three weeks in, uh, we started buying more instruments and <laughs> figuring out how to play these new songs. And uh, and that two weeks in, when he greeted me at the door, I, I'd gone out to the local gym to work out, and I came back to shower quickly before work. And he greeted me at the door with a piece of paper and a big grin on his face. And it was the first time in months I had seen him mm. smile. 
Yeah. So music, music got him out of the hole that he was in, mm. and opened up this whole world of people and events and places and experiences that we didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you, I, I think I know that you, you did some choral music before that, but any Quite other musical uh, experience? I had been, I, I've been singing as long as I can remember. I was in choruses from the time I was in you know, elementary school. Um, and that led up to, in high school, singing in the All-City Chorus in New York and concert choir subset. And we sang for every visiting diplomat. Um, and um, did a little bit of musical theater at summer camp and things like that. Um, and then college sort of took that away. <laughs> there, wasn't <laughs> there was no time, time in college. And, and you know, el uh, elementary school and, and high school, I was also heavily involved in the, uh, uh, the, the school chorus. And my junior and senior years, uh, I, I started taking piano lessons in fourth grade. And my junior, senior years in high school, our um, uh, chorus accompanist had graduated. And uh, I was... I, I tell people I, w I was the best available piano player. I wasn't necessarily the best piano player. <laughs> um, so for two years, I was the, uh, the piano accompanist for um, the, uh, the, the high school choir and the uh, jazz rock vocal ensemble that uh, was also it, where you guys had the, uh, you know, the, the concert choir uh, was, was the subset. We had JRVE was the, uh, cool. the subset of ours. And that was, cool. it was an eight-person vocal thing that I really wanted to be singing in, but they needed a piano player. Yeah. <laughs> and quite frankly, with all the altos we had in that crew, I was nowhere near being in the top two. So <laughs> I, 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 I took part how I could. <laughs> Nice, nice. But so, yeah, and until we got out of out of college, and and you know, twenty years after college, that was that was it for music uh, for us, other than going to concerts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So as soon as you entered that adult phase and jobs and and life, music sort of went way to the background. Yep. Yeah. 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 So and then we tripped over it again. Yeah, <laughs> you tripped over it. So so um, so. What what do you do, what do you do when it's not music? Like, what's your, what was this adult life that, the so we're a couple of geeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we both are trained as software engineers yeah. and have worked in uh, in the tech field for you know all these years, um, building software inside of systems. I designed some routers and switches and had one router fly on the space shuttle years ago. Um, Which was very cool. And uh, lots of different uh, tech things. I've had my own tech business now for 22 years, something like that, 23 years. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's been an interesting adventure. Faith's I've, worked I've, in development. Yeah, I've, I've been a, a software developer for most of my career, and then 10 years ago, um, I got hired into a company, a uh, little startup. They called me because uh, a couple of the folks at the startup were guys that I had worked with two jobs before, three jobs before. Um, and this was at a point where I was working for Dan because I'd, I'd gotten laid off. Uh, in 2008, right as the market tanked, mm. Mm. and in the following six months, I had three interviews, none of which went anywhere. Wow. 
And so Dan looked at me and said, well, quit sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. I need help. Get in the office. <laughs> so I went to work for him for two years. And it, it you know, it, it, it wasn't, you know, you know, the, the, the uh, I, I tell people that, you know, the, the boss was a bit of a, a you know, a, a taskmaster, but he made a good dinner afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it kept food on the table. It, his business was never meant to be that which supported us, but it mm. supported us for two years yeah. and, wow. and, you know, kept us from, you know, drowning. Um, and then at the end of this two years, I get this, you know, email out of the blue from a guy that I worked with two years, years ago saying, we're at this little startup and your name came up the other day and we should talk. And nice. so I went to work for this little startup. And because they wanted me to come in and, and be a support engineer, but they didn't have anything to support yet, they said, you know, best way to know the product is to, it, is to test it. Would you be willing to do testing for a, couple, you know, a little while? Like, mm. yeah, sure, why not? And what I discovered is I love testing software mm. because at the end of the day, I tell them where all the problems are, and they go figure out how to. Yeah, <laughs> has some advantage. I, 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 I like this. In the years of building routers, it's like you know, I, I find writing software a very creative process, and that was all my creativity for a lot of years. But you know, you're busy working on designing something uh, complex, and you get it all together, and you hand it to the test folks. And they turn around and give you a whole pile of issues. And it's like, because mm. we go through and use it the way some random person <laughs> on the street is going to use it, and we find all the stuff you didn't think about. The, the upside, and the team we had at this one particular place I was at was phenomenal, the test team. And by the time we shipped software, it didn't break in the field. Mm. And, and that's really their job was to, to come up with all of the little random niggly things that, that, I didn't find. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the positive developers, and you know, I had the same mindset coming out of out of uh, you know designing software. Is developers go in and say it does everything that I want it to do, and a tester comes in and says yes, but it do does it not do the things that you don't want it to do? Right. <laughs> and and you know, negative testing is the vast majority of what software testing yeah. is is really all about for a good product. Wow. Is what what can I do to this to blow it up? <laughs> right, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it seems to me like it takes a lot of creativity to think about the different ways that something could go wrong and oh, yeah. and, to, and to put that to the test. Absolutely, yeah. and that's you know, and and one of the things that I really enjoyed while I was uh, designing product, and you know, they would send me out to trade shows, and you know, the salespeople were there to to greet the uh, prospective clients and. Uh, what I enjoyed was they would then, you know, somebody would start talking to them and go way over their head and they'd pull one of the engineers who was along for the trade show booth and the person would be talking and I'd sit there on a whiteboard and I'd draw out a diagram based on what they were describing mm -hmm. and the sales guy would turn and introduce me and, and the guy would say, yeah, I'm trying to do this. It's like, yeah, so your network looks like this and they're like, how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just described it, so here it is, and then here, here's how we could fix it and you know, nice. replace things and stuff. And yeah. it, but meeting people and hearing directly what they were doing made all the difference, um, and it made me a better engineer. So, and I bet it prepped you for the for composing music too, in some ways. Yeah, sure. That's actually, my that's actually my next question <laughs> is to is to is to ask if 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 you see any connections between computer programming and songwriting 
and performing? Like, where's the cross pollination for there's, you guys? There's a lot of structure in um, in software design. Um, so there's some of that that comes into the structure of putting together songs, I would think. Um, the um, stage fright or lack thereof is affected by having to be up doing presentations in front of people and yeah uh, <laughs> that helps a lot when you're when you're comfortable it, being in front of a room full of people and and talking about what you but you it, know, what it's you do. one thing to get up there and talk about a product that you and an entire organization have put <laughs> together and it is another thing to stand up there and present a song that you yourself wrote you know coming out of your own heart and mm. and you know to a, a room full of total strangers who you know are there to be entertained yeah. and and, <laughs> and it took a lot of time before the boots stopped I, I, shaking i think dead. you had more of that than me yeah in part because when i was in you, high school I, I i had one occasion in a in a science fair thing which uh, i presented a paper in front of five thousand people um, I never did that. And, and, and the lesson learned very <laughs> quickly is you focus on somebody in the third row and you give them the presentation because if you look further, it's intimidating. Yeah. So, and you know, one of the things that you know, we've, we've done uh, various uh, you know, performance classes and things at, at music camp and stuff like that, and one of the suggestions that was given that I thought was a marvelous one was look out and skim your eyes just over the heads of the people in the audience. Mm. because they'll feel like you're looking at them, but you're not actually making eye contact, so it doesn't freak you out. And we, just, we, we were at a, a Susan Warner. Had, she was doing a, um, uh, a series of concerts on an album she had put out that was basically in, in the, the feel of the uh, Great American Songbook kind of songs. But you would hear them, you would originals. think they were all, they, they were standards. They sounded like standards? It sounded like, you know, 40s but they were and all 50s originals. music. And beautifully yeah. done. And there's one particular song that she does that's, um, yeah, let, let's... Why, why wait till tomorrow, let's regret this now, was <laughs> yeah. the lyric, or something like that. And, and when she performs it, she finds one man, always a man, one man in the audience and lasers and on lasers them. her sight on them and sings it directly to them and that particular night it was Dan <laughs> and what we discovered after about 10 seconds is oh my god that's uncomfortable <laughs> of course everybody else in the audience is looking at me <laughs> yeah right. because they notice after about 10 15 seconds yeah. that she's looking at one particular per so they're all looking at him too it's like is there something we should know <laughs> and it's it's really an interesting lesson though in in focusing energy oh, so god, when yeah. you're on stage with other people um, you know, if somebody's taking a solo um, and you're the singer, you turn and you look at the person who's taking the solo and focus the energy there and, it, and the audience follows. Mm -hmm. um, and she was using that same energy in a very different way, but it was a real good lesson on, on just how that dynamic works with the audience. Yeah, and, and how uncomfortable you can make people <laughs> feel if you sit and stare at them during yeah. their entire performance. And I, you know, I do sometimes look, you know, we have a song for uh, a few songs. It was one for Faith's grandmother, and there's one on the recent album that's uh, um, around, centered around a woman with dementia, and from the perspective of the granddaughter. And Faith will be singing that, and I look out at the audience, and one of the things that that I notice is the tears. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. You know, mm -hmm. people. People. Um, you know, we aren't out to like 
make people depressed uh, <laughs> necessarily. But but we, sad we, songs can be can be really cathartic, and um, and that song will have people come up to us afterward and tell us about their experiences yeah. with dementia or, or, with or losing the, a grandparent. The, there was, or there was one gal. We were in a song circle at uh, uh, one of the Folk Alliance regional conferences. Uh, three o'clock in the morning, song circle, and I I did come again another day, which is my song from the point of view of a woman who has dementia, and from her point of view, it's a very happy song, but for anyone in the audience who's you know dealing with family members or or loved ones with dementia, it can be kind of kind of mm -hmm. tough, and the woman sitting next to us in the song circle got up and ran out of the room. Mm. And the next day, she came and found us and apologized. Mm. <clears throat> she was going through this with both of her parents. Oh, wow. And she said, I just I could not be in the room with that song. It was absolutely beautiful, what I heard of it, but I, I couldn't be there, and I want to apologize. It's like, don't apologize. You, you, you felt the emotion of the song, and, you know, you did. You, you protected yourself from that, and that's mm. cool, and we're good mm -hmm. with that. But, you yeah. know, I, I have another song that actually went out on one of our earlier albums that I had sent a pointer out to it to some of the folks that we were in um, tai, Chi tai Chi class, class with. Yeah. And the following week, one of the women came up to me and said, I listened to that song a couple of times, and the first time I listened to it, the first thought that went through my head was, oh my God, she wrote this song for me. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it reached into something and, and touched her. And she said, so I went back and listened to it again, and after, on the second listening, I realized, oh my God, this is a really generic song. <laughs> <laughs> but but it worked. So. But on first listening, yeah. it 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 touched something in her, and mm -hmm. and she just wanted me to yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. I do find that some of the songs that are the most personal, like, you know, I have a number of songs that mention my dad, dad or directly from my dad, and despite them being very personal, they also connect with people, and uh, it's always an interesting. To people come up afterward, and and they've read their own story into the into yeah. the song, and they'll mm. they'll talk about their father with him, or you know, the, my song from my grandmother. It would constantly have people coming up and telling me about their grandmother, and 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 yeah, it, it touches folks. And and Josh, I know your your song, "Sweet Little Liar." I mean that mm. that song speaks to something in my bloodline because mm. I come from a, a a whole line of people who have addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And and you know alcohol addiction issues yeah. and that song, you know, for me of all of the songs of yours that we've heard, that one is the most powerful to me mm -hmm. because it touches something in my life. Yeah, and no, I was I was gonna say that um, that but I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> that uh, that that uh, I, and I think that this is probably true of a lot of songwriters, but when when we write those songs, you know, we're often well, I mean, we're processing our own feelings. Oh yeah. And and I know because um, you know sometimes I'll, I'll 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 play a song for the first time for Angie and I won't be able to make it through it because I'll be crying. Mm -hmm. And and it'll be like, well, maybe you should change the words a little bit so that you're not. And I'm like, no, I know it's right because I'm crying. <laughs> I need to work exactly. through it. Yeah. You know and. Um, and and then you know through enough of that you've processed it enough you've been able to kind of work it out that you can you can then you can then take on you know what somebody else might they what they're going to share with you yeah. you know that you're able to to be be able to be accepting of uh, of their response you know that what you've created in them 
you know, through your words, that you're able to take that on just a little bit to help them out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I talk about uh, writing process, especially the very personal songs, as being able to take that, that fl flame that's burning, that's eating at you. Um, you know, this is, comes from right after my dad passed. And uh, I can take all of that feeling, get it on the page, and I can revisit it, but it no longer has to consume me from inside. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really beautiful way of, of putting yeah. that. That's yeah. and and quite frankly, there are some songs, and we we write from prompts from for a lot yeah, a lot not of the all songs of it, but a lot of not it. yeah um, you know, because we host this uh, you know songwriter showcase, and the the prompts let us go in directions that we might not otherwise go into, and some of those songs can be very cathartic and you get it out on the paper and you perform it once for <laughs> that audience and then you put it in the back of the notebook and you never touch it again because you finally got it out of your system and it's a song that is so deeply personal to you that you don't want the rest of the world to hear about it past that. Mm. And you know, But it was still worth writing. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's a bunch of stuff that's just junk. <laughs> 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 and well, you don't ever, ever want to go through, through with it again because it's like, oh my God, I wrote that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so you're using the prompts, but they're they're sort of they're they're just guiding the inspiration. It, oh, I mean, totally. it seems to me yeah. from what, when I you know what I know of your music is that you are inspired by life and sort of the the day to day uh, happenings of life, and and as you said, like just the processing of that, whether that's a high, whether that's a funny moment, whether it's the lows. Yeah. And all of that coming through, so and and it can go anywhere. And um, our show last week, we had a prompt of "My name is George," and we had four very different songs and based on that. My mine went three of them straight out of the headlines. Yeah, I, mine mm. was um, you know uh, a Hispanic person coming up from Central America, pleading for better life after the CIA has helped destroy their country. Um, and um, so it speaks very much to the immigration issue. Yeah, mine. I, I my name is George, uh, and uh, but you know, and it, what it came down to was the rest of the world sees me as Emily, and it was from the point of view mm. of a trans boy. Mm. And the last verse is from the point of view of the parents of this trans boy who found out that their now son was trans. Um, by the suicide note that he left when he mm. attempted suicide. Mm. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Trans, uh, trans Awareness Day, or, or, or uh, uh, I forget the exact terminology, but effectively Trans Awareness Day um, was March 31st. And mm. that was during the point where I was, I was working on the song. Mm. And the uh, third song that we had was, um, Chuck Williams had done one that was based on George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one I love, and she, Jan, Jan Sides, who's out of a wonderful songwriter out of uh, Austin, Texas, apologized profusely for not for for having you know kind of a fluffy song compared to the other three, and was like, no, 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 we need something you know fairly lightweight. Hers was um, the Nancy Drew mysteries, which I I know you know a lot of us of a certain age just read those things cover to cover as as girls. Um, Nancy's best friend was named George, and mm -hmm. it was short for Georgia, but everybody called her George. Mm -hmm. 
And so she wrote a song from the point of view of Nancy Drew's best friend, George, and the mysteries that they solved. And it was just, it brought back so many wonderful memories of, you know, when I was a kid and just, I, every time, you know, I, I had a few dollars to spend and, and could get down to the store, I would buy another Nancy yeah. Drew book. And, and I, I thanked her at the end for just bringing me back such happy memories, especially after the three other happy songs yeah. we had. So this, what we love with this uh, particular show is that, you know, since we write separately, it's four songs, even though we only have two guests. Yeah. But what we love is seeing where people go based on, you know, some short prompt or we, phrase. We all have the exact same theme, and we all go in four different directions. Yeah. And it, it's yeah, a it's ton a of fun. It's a real celebration of the... Yeah. Of the uh, uh, creativity of songwriting yeah. and mm -hmm. and we have no control over it because you know we're just taking the prompts that are coming from the audience and, right right and they, they make the, one right they, they write down all the ideas like all the little prompts so you put them in a basket right yep yeah and then you draw it's a little them. harder online but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right right version. I mean when you did it in person <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah, you draw out three and you read them off and the audience votes on which of the three they want. And so mm -hmm. the only control we have is which piece of paper we picked out of the basket. <laughs> At random. <laughs> and they're folded up. <laughs> yeah. And and quite frankly, you know, we've we've had some very basic ones, like um, twice now we've we've had change as, mm. as a theme. Um, the weirdest one ever was Sisters of Schadenfreude. <laughs> And for, for those listeners who have no idea what schadenfreude is, it's a German word, and leave it to the Germans for having a word like this, that means taking great delight in others' misfortune. <laughs> yeah, I would have had to look that up to write. Uh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, we had one that was French fries and broccoli, and it was the prompt. You never know, yeah. and you, you come up with some angle to make use of whatever, and sometimes and we had one, uh, uh, building number seven was a prompt, and mm. that's if all about Google conspiracy that, theories. If you Google mm -hmm. that, it's a conspiracy theory related to the World Trade Center. Um, mm -hmm. So the first night after we got the prompt, I wrote down, building number seven, little slice of heaven. It was the only thing I came up with that like worked that with it. <laughs> And the night before the show, I, that's all I still had. And I was sitting on the back porch at the old house, and I finally threw away the building number seven line, and I wrote the song Little Slice of Heaven because that's, it was inspired by. And the whole thing came together in about 15 minutes, and, uh, and we recorded that one on an album. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you do what you can. Yeah. So. And, and what's fun is working as we do with these where you have basically a month to write a song based on this prompt, um, we've both discovered that, yes, you can actually write a song overnight if you've still had no ideas <laughs> until the night before. Um, I had one. Um, the, uh, the theme was War Veteran Coming Home. Mm -hmm. And I came up reasonably quick, quickly with about a verse and a half, and that's all I had. And then about two or three days before we were supposed to, to do the show, I got the flu. And we postponed the, the show by uh, two months. And I was incredibly grateful because I still only had that verse and a half. And I figured, you know, maybe in another two months I can finally get this stupid thing done. And yet, two months later, here it is. It's Monday night. We're supposed to do the show on Wednesday. I still only have a verse and a chorus. 
And it's midnight, I'm folding laundry before I go to bed and kind of beating myself up about this. And I finally thought to myself, why isn't I can't write this song? And all these reasons came popping into my head and I sat down and wrote them down. <laughs> and by the next morning I had an entire song based on why I couldn't write this song. Mm. And it's it's a song. Um, there's a, a cafe in Keene, the um, um, Farm Cafe. Farm Cafe, which is down in the, the Toadstool Bookshop, um, and uh, Amy and Skip Smith are the folks who run the place. And we've performed down there a number of times. You know, obviously pre-COVID. And this is Amy's favorite song. Oh, and um, it's uh, you know, and the reasons why I couldn't write this song is is the chorus. I want to sing about love. I want to sing about peace. I want to sing about sunshine and roses, puppies mm -hmm. and rainbows, happy, healthy children playing silly games. I want to sing about peace. I want to sing about love. Mm -hmm. And the verses are all about trying to write this song and why I couldn't write this song. Um, and, you know, it, it's my puppies and rainbows song. And actually, the original lyrics were kittens and rainbows, but kittens is a really hard word to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Kittens Sometimes you have to make those compromises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty's easier. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You've used that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is, you know, for, for, your, for your alternate uh, persona, that's my favorite song. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Mine too. Um, yeah. so, uh, so, okay, so both of you guys get these prompts, okay? And you're yeah. both supposed to write a song in a month. Yeah. How do you stay out of each other's way? Well, at, at, at the beginning, <laughs> <Do you? laughs> well, like the beginning it's not, not that hard because you're just sitting there with a piece of paper and, you know, I can sit on one couch and he can sit on and the we, other. We start and we with lyrics. Write. Yeah, we're, we're, we're lyric-driven, always have been. I think I have one song that I wrote, I, one song that he wrote from the music first. Um, so you know, we're just sitting there with a piece of paper and, and you know, brainstorming ideas or, you know, writing down random phrases or whatever. Um, it becomes rather interesting, you know, a couple of nights before when you're starting to do the music. And that's where, you know, he's he's down in the office and I'm up in the music room and, you know, I've got the curtains closed or um, it, it, it's really interesting when we're on the road and we're both in, in, in a little a van. tiny van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but. then... And then it's like, well, you know, I'll go for a walk while you work on your song. And we we hear each other's songs the night they're performed. We used to play them for each other beforehand, but then we were still writing them five minutes before. And and so, so we just got we, into we the just, habit of yeah. hearing each other's songs for the first time on that night. I had no idea what Faith was writing for last week, and she didn't know what I was yeah. writing. I could hear snippets of the the the. Guitar chords through the through the ceiling from the office, um, but that's all. And yeah. and every now and again, you know, a word would make it through, and and that was it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, somehow we make it work. <laughs> it's actually harder in this house than it was in our in our old house because uh. in the old house, one of us could be in the master bedroom, which is you know all the way upstairs at one end of the house, and the other one can be in the music room, which is downstairs, far end of the house, behind the garage. Yeah. <laughs> A little tighter quarters here, but not yeah. That, so. so, but we we make it work, and and it, it it was funny when we first started doing this. We had an agreement that 
if for any reason there came a month where one of us just could not come up with a song and the other one could, we would do it as a co-write. Yeah. We have yet to co-write. Uh-huh. We've been doing this. We've, we actually for have years. written a few songs together, but not for not, not for, for prompts. This. And uh, and and precious few of those. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah that, that's Angie's next question, right? <laughs> so we 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 write separately. We arrange everything for duo. We'll critique each other and say, you know, that word doesn't really work there. Or and it took you know. us a long time to get to a point where we could critique, critique each other without biting each other's heads off. <laughs> well, it was not pretty. Yeah, it's it's. We, we've gotten enough critique from other people that it's so normal that now, yeah. that we can now accept it from each other. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. We played these two new songs in a in a song circle on Sunday. It's uh, with a bunch of songwriters from uh, uh, from New Hampshire. Yeah, and, it's a and critique got good, circle. Got yeah. good critique on both songs, and um, you know, I've already tweaked some of, some of mine to adapt. I, I have one area that I'm still contemplating. Yeah. But so yeah. yeah, things that actually you know, and and the feedback is really good. It can, it can be helpful. You know, it can be. Useless. You know, somebody could say something like, "No, that just changes the meaning. I'm not interested." But often, it's um, you're getting a f- feedback on how the song impacted somebody else. That uh, you know, a word change here or a slight tweak there uh, keeps the the listener uh, engaged instead of being turned off by it or something like that. Mm. So something you might not have thought of when you're writing. So it's it's very worthwhile to get that uh, critique. Yeah. And yeah. and it's always with the the feeling that if for any reason this doesn't work for you, feel free to ignore it. It's and your song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I always find that to be. I think it, as a creator, if you can get over that hump of other people's opinions and thoughts, like just like you said, like there are things that you can be offered that are helpful, and you would have yeah. never thought of it that way, because you're not outside of yourself. Exactly. But then there are things that just aren't helpful, or you aren't yeah. necessary for you. And, and and one of the ones I got one time was a particular song. Um, the uh, uh, producer that we were working with at the time, I, I played the song, and he suggested, you know, that would probably work better as a bluegrass song, and we looked at each other and, and said, said, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, but, okay then. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let's make it work else in another way. <laughs> but you know, I was going to relate it to f- my photography as well there because oh, yeah. um, you know I, I've been doing fine art photography much of my life and and did a lot of news photography as a kid. And uh, when we lived down in Massachusetts, I would enter photos in the local fair, and um, it was an interesting learning experience over the course of several years to figure out what the particular judge liked and didn't like, because um, there would be things that he would comment. Yeah, he, the person wrote extensive comments, which was mm. really nice. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But one underwater photo that uh, had gotten critical acclaim from underwater photographer judges, <laughs> this guy said, yeah, you should have cropped it to get rid of this little fish that was up in the corner and just like focus on this. It's like Yeah, that actual underwater photographer said, oh my God, that fish totally makes the, the, it, it, the it shot. It was the thing that balanced the shot. And it's like, okay, <laughs> No underwater photos for entering in this uh, in this contest because this guy has no understanding of that particular genre. Yeah. Uh, and what yeah. what worked there was flowers. 
And uh, one of my photos, it's actually going to be in an exhibit that's opening tomorrow, it's online, um, is a tulip that's sort of, you know, I call it a flame tulip. It's a it tulip is a flame with, tulip. That's it is, that is the variety. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's gorgeous, but it's also got grape hyacinths out of focus in the background to provide balance. Mm -hmm. And I got a best in show with that picture at yeah. that uh, fair. And, you know, after several years of entering things and getting ribbons at different levels, a lot of blue ribbons. And then that, I think that day was when we walked in is I couldn't find one of my pictures and turned around and there's an exhibit with the best of show stuff. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, so there is that, you know, learning to uh, look at the critique and say, okay, that's fine. It just doesn't fit with where I'm going. Exactly. And, and, and not to take it personally, to too. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's one person's opinion. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is why, you know, we, we have friends in the music world who are constantly entering music contests. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple of friends who are constantly winning music contests and more power to them. We've but entered a few. We've but entered it's, a few, and and you know it, it's nice to get some. You actually got a, an honorable mention for for a. Uh, I, I got a finalist in in one uh, for an instrumental. Yeah. And I've gotten a uh, uh, fourth place or something for lyric writing, and you got I, an I got honorable a, mention for lyrics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, we've we've done a few, but uh, honestly, it's um, it's so subjective, and you never really know where it's gonna go and it costs a bunch of money to enter the things yeah. too so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah how much money do you invest in um supporting the uh effectively a lot of these contests there's like they make all the money for whatever by uh, all the prize money uh, plus paying everybody who worked on it by charging a whole lot of money for entering all your songs yeah. and <clears throat> and mm -hmm. you know quite frankly we would much rather go out and perform for people and and get their feedback yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we and it, it, we were perfectly happy. You know, you want us to perform to a couple hundred people? Cool. We had, we had a show one night. Um, terrible weather, a million different things going on in the Boston area, and the show that we had, we had one person show up. And it was multi-act show too. And mm -hmm. and yeah. you know we were supposed to be a four-act show, and one act never showed up either. Um, the, the guy who was running it, who was going to be one of the acts, decided, well, he wasn't going to waste his time playing for just one person. So mm. it, it was the two of us <laughs> and one other person were the two acts that played for this woman. And we, we two acts gave her the best show we could. Yeah. And sent her home with a whole stack of CDs. <laughs> And thanked her profusely for, and she at the end of the night said, "This was the most amazing thing. I, I'm, I really don't understand why there are more more people here. This was an amazing show, and everybody missed out." And a year or two later, um, we were in Framingham at the Amazing Things Art Center for a, a concert, and we had gotten front row tickets, and there were two empty seats next to me about ten minutes before showtime. And Usher walked over with a couple, and it was the woman. And, and her date. So. And her date. And she looked at us and got really wide-eyed, and we looked at her and got really wide-eyed. And she grabbed her date by the arm and just said, that's them, that, these are the people I was telling you about, oh my god! And, and, and it was like a little family reunion there in the front row. It was, so, it was just wonderful. And, yeah. 
we apparently made enough of a, an impression on her yeah. that she still gleefully so, remembered us two years later. Yeah. And sometimes the most memorable shows for us as performers are the ones where there's only a handful of people and there's a, you know, you, you get to interact with the audience that much more and yeah. uh, and really read their mm. uh, their feelings and feel the energy. I mean, this is the thing I'm missing most from playing live. Oh, yeah. It's just not being able to feel the energy of yeah. the room and, and yeah. you know, you play two hours online, it's a lot of work. It's like mm -hmm. there's no energy coming back at you to sustain you for those yeah. two hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. and and it's you know it's not even just necessarily us performing. We we used to host house concerts down in Massachusetts, and there was one night where there were about nine of us in the audience, and the fellow performing um, did. This Terrence? No, this Who was uh, uh, Randall. Oh, um, I will come for you. Uh, Randall Williams no longer performs, but he has this amazing story song. Oh, this uh -huh. wasn't even his. This this was the um, was the Dutchman. Okay, because you got to tell me what you're thinking. Of. I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the words are just out of my brain at the moment. Okay. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the Dutchman that he yeah. had done. And when he finished that song, there was just this extended silence as we all felt this shared emotion that had just happened in the room because first of all he does a brilliant version of it and second of all we all just sort of got pulled into the story and the feeling and nobody wanted the song to end mm -hmm. and when he finished it just sort of trailed off to silence <laughs> and then eventually we applauded just because it finally felt right to 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 break out of that but and 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 it wasn't you know because everybody hated it, it was because we were, we were still wrapped yeah. into it mm. and it was such a magical moment and i think if we had had 30 people in the room i don't think it would have worked mm -hmm. mm. it was very cool yeah a beautiful story yeah music is so um present right you like to, you, to be really present with the music and live music is so vibrational right like you feel oh, it yes. in your bodies in a way that you kind of get it on zoom you can kind of but it's it's, it's not, not the same, the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, the same. Yeah. it's just not it's 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 yeah. been a very long year in that regard. <laughs> it has uh, missing that yeah. and i know you you two use uh, music in the yoga studio and um uh, yeah. yeah, we haven't in a year. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and even yeah. yeah, we we haven't done yoga in a long time. But in, in in the yoga studio, when even just recorded music during shavasana, it's just there's there's a magic in that uh, centering and that piece that um, uh, yeah, as, as everybody's there and the energy is flowing, uh, yeah, yeah, just. It's a missed experience having yeah. uh, the and separation. We we have had one music event that we were involved in this year that had that that was in person with people, and that was a um, um, effectively a songs of social justice afternoon at the uh, New Hampshire State House back in mm -hmm. September. Um, you know, group of progressive musicians getting together and and singing protest songs on the statehouse steps and it, it just seemed appropriate at the time and know, everything given was where very we were. distanced so, and yeah. you know 
nearest people to us were about 15 feet from the from the stage. Um, the guy who coordinated it had these these little um, little covers for covers the for the microphones that he swapped mm -hmm. off every after every performer. He had a whole stack of the things. And we don't oh. eat the microphones anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, some of, some of the people really needed to because they don't have a lot of vocal strength and. We were standing back a good ways because <laughs> otherwise we'd have yeah. blasted out the sound system. But and but it was so nice to have people mm. responding. And we mm. had actually done um, one of the things that we finished with after it was supposed to be two songs each, and we did our two songs. And then we had talked to the guy who was coordinating it and said, "Can we add in one more song?" And we did. We shall overcome. Mm. And I can only sing that full throttle. Uh, and yeah. and so it was echoing off of the buildings across the street. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a whole park in front of uh, uh, in front of the state house, and we were at the state house, and I could hear my voice coming back from across uh, Main Street. Yeah, which yeah. is a good distance out. And yeah. that was cool enough. But there was a woman off to the side who, while we were singing that, was doing interpretive dance. <laughs> It yeah. was, and this is not a song that I would normally think of as being one for interpretive <laughs> dance, but it fit, and yeah. she was moved to do that by what was happening that day, yeah. and it was... And, and we had, even though everybody's wearing masks, everybody, you know, there were a lot of people singing along. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was, you know, that, that, that song is hard not to. And, yeah, because we, we, you know, the, we, we yeah. had a ton of musician friends there, and... and God, I wanted to hug them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah. Other than each other, we have hugged one person this year, and that's our niece, and that's just yeah. because we hadn't seen her in three mm. years, and doggone it, we were not going to let her go home without being hugged. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we felt guilty about it after, <laughs> until, yeah. you, know, you know, two weeks after. Um, but, but, yeah. Mm. What projects do you have coming up on the horizon? Like, do you envision this summer being a little different than last summer? We have a couple of outdoor um, shows at uh, a park in Peterborough at lunchtime. Um, the first one's June 24th, and it's basically a bring your lunch and sit socially distanced from everybody, and you know there's enough room that we can be far away and yeah. use a PA and so forth. It'll be a first time using a, a PA in, in over a year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and certainly our own PA, and and the first uh, time since that but, uh, show uh, that's that true. we have but, used. Um, so we have that coming up, and we have a few things booked further out, but at this point, um, I'm really limiting what we book uh, just waiting to see what's going to really happen and how things really play out. Uh, we had a lot of things booked for 2020, and, and you know some of them went away entirely. A lot of them got postponed a year. They're going to get postponed another, another year. year. Yeah. And there's a question. It's like, how much energy do you put into booking things that aren't going to happen? Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the other aspect is I don't want to book a show and have a bunch of people come together and then have them get each other sick. Right. Yeah. So I know, we're fully vaccinated, and that's great, but I don't want to be responsible for getting other people uh, mm -hmm. sick yeah. in the process. Yeah. So, so we're going to be really careful and take our time uh, before we yeah. really do much. So. And we've also been doing a little bit of recording. We need to do a lot more recording. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a few of the new songs in the can, yeah. and uh, one of them even has uh, a wonderful fiddle track from our friend John Kirk over in uh, Saratoga Springs. Um, John's great. We we sent him this this piece, and 
he had some ideas on what he was going to play on it, and then he started playing it and decided, no, that doesn't fit at all, and completely changed what he was going to do, sent it back to us, and we started listening to what he had actually sent back to us, looked at each other and said, he gets us. <laughs> <laughs> he's somebody we've known for years, and he's accompanied us many times live, and mm -hmm. it's such a joy to have somebody who can to start listening and play the perfect accompaniment without any prompting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we're thrilled with that. Um, but we have, uh, you know, we have quite a few songs to, to put in. Um, we have a few banjo songs. This banjo is something I've been playing around with for about 10 years, but really more in the last few years I've written some some originals that use the banjo mm. and, and and uh, we actually put them into our set list so. yeah so we mm. play them regularly and and that's been uh, a real joy uh, and a couple of those will probably wind up on the next album that we're working on so yeah last last album had uh, the first dulcimer songs because i used my mountain mountain dulcimer on two of them mm -hmm. and, uh, there'll be a dulcimer song on this one yeah i think as I, well i think we might actually have figured <laughs> out why we hated it when we tried to record it for the last one. <laughs> what, 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 you know, I've got this uh, song that I wrote a while live. ago, uh, Love is the Song. This is really, uh, the chorus is a good hook and people love the song. And the way that we perform it, we have been performing it, as I was doing as a strummed song, and recording it that way didn't work. It just, it didn't feel right. And... Uh, and it features the dulcimer, but uh, what we're discovering is if I finger pick it, it, it works, and it'll probably get uh, piano or something added on mm. uh, to smooth it in different directions. And, but that's one of the things that we do find, and that when, you, when we sit down to record songs like uh, uh, "Come Again Another Day," we try that Faith plays that on the ukulele, and I play a lead we, guitar. We could not make the ukulele sound like anything recorded. It, it just didn't have the right feel. And so we tried the other ukulele, and that didn't sound right. And so mm. we tried a different, you know, the, the mandolin. We tried different guitar, and we just, nothing was working. And on a whim, Dan said, well, try it on the keyboard. Mm. Okay, so while he went through and figured out how to get the MIDI connection to work onto the keyboard, um, which was a good half hour because we hadn't done it since we moved up here, um, I figured out what do I play. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and it works. I mean, it's just, and, it didn't need a lot, it just, it. Needed, yeah. it just needed the different texture. And, and so, you know, one of our other albums, we have a song, um, uh, There Is a Path. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. we play that guitar and bass. And on the album, it's gospel piano. And because uh, we wanted to add piano, and we already had the guitar and the, and the bass parts, and the piano player came in, and he was trying to make something work with it. And uh, the guy who was producing that album uh, said, you know, I've got an idea. You want to humor me? He's like, sure. Calls in and says, to, tells the piano player, play uh, gospel block chords, see what it sounds like. And it sounded great. He, the guy called back in and said, um, "Could you um, drop out the guitar and the uh, and the bass because they're they're like not lining up with what I need to do?" So he drops that out. So he's just playing against our voices, mm -hmm. plays this beautiful gospel piano part, and we added bass a different bass track afterward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eric had to teach me how to play gospel bass because I <laughs> didn't know that there was such a concept. And and so it's a very different bass line from what I would normally have done on there as well. And it's a, recorded, we love how it sounds recorded. 
it's completely different how we do it from how we do it live. And we like it both <laughs> ways. It's, yeah. You know, sometimes in recording, the song needs something different than what you can do uh, yeah. uh, in performance. So. Right. And we have one song that is completely in the can from our point of view, except for um, three taps on the guitar top. Because we have yet to have them record in such a way that they sound like what we yeah. think they ought to sound like. So That's one that was going to go on the last album. Didn't make it on the album. Because of these The track taps. is basically done, and so <laughs> we'll go through and it'll go on this album. We'll just have to... We're, so every now and again we go through and it's like, oh, well, let's see what happens if we do that with claves. No, that's not mm -hmm. it. Uh, what else? What else do we we'll have find that something. we could tap? So <laughs> when we find the, something that makes the three taps sound like what we want the three taps to sound like, yeah. we will put that. It'll be like chopsticks or something. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, there's a thought. It is we a should thought. Try that. <laughs> I want credit. No. Okay. <laughs> So where do people listen to you? Where where can our listeners um, find the, your music? The, the easiest place to start is www.danandfaith.com. You have to spell it out, D-A-N-A-N-D-F-A-I-T-H.com. Yep. And uh, from there, there's links to YouTube and to uh, Facebook. Um, we actually have most of the music is up on a site called Reverb Nation. So ReverbNation.com slash Dan and Faith, Facebook.com slash Dan and Faith. We're pretty. Twitter slash Dan and Faith, Instagram slash Dan and Faith. Uh, uh, we're we're working YouTube, on YouTube. We need a few more followers please, so that we please, can get that. But. Please go to our website, <laughs> go to our YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube so we can get up to enough subscribers that we can actually yeah. get slash Dan and Faith. So they, they require a certain, you know, you have to have certain thresholds at YouTube yep. to get different things. And so. we're right. almost we're there. almost there. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, we have lots of content online. There's lots of video up from these various shows that we do. Yeah, uh, we leave that up, and um, uh, the albums uh, are available from Bandcamp. But again, it's linked from our website. Yeah. Uh, we like Bandcamp because you can download uh, high quality. Uh, streaming, if that's what you want, you can also buy CDs from us, and we'll ship them to you. Um, whatever. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Any any way we can get our music out to folks, we're happy to do. So. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. It's yeah, so it's incredible. been a real pleasure talking to you guys, and yeah. uh, can't wait until we uh, <laughs> get to sit in each other's living rooms again and. <laughs> swap songs, swap, swap songs, songs, eat dinner, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss our dinners. Those have always been mm. awesome. Yep. And and you know, as as Angie pointed out, it's it's vegan food that brought us together, and and mm -hmm. that's part of what keeps us together, keeps us going. Yeah, it keeps us going. <laughs> that's right. It's our fuel. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty well, much. We're we're a week and like just over a week away from when we've been far enough past our shots. So yeah, yep. we're getting nice. there. Yeah, yeah, and we we as I put it, you know, April shots bring May hugs. Right, <laughs> I saw that. That was great. I got my first today, so I'm on Yay. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get my second Saturday. Saturday. So. <coughs> and and be, yeah. we 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 did okay with our second one. Uh, you know, little, little fevery on Saturday into Sunday, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of felt like there was zero energy there. Which uh, one did you get? Pfizer. 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 Uh -huh. Takes about two days to, to yeah. recover from it, but yeah. it's, you know, it wasn't bad at all. And uh, sure beats having COVID. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So get everybody vaccinated. Maybe we can break out of some of this more. Yeah, but, yeah. absolutely.
But meanwhile, we're looking forward to our, our little enclaves of vaccinated people. Yes. <laughs> Getting together for dinners uh, and That did feel music. like some kind of camaraderie in all of us who are standing in line to get the vaccine. It felt like we oh, were yeah. doing our part to... To, to move on and, and move through and get to the other side of it. I did, I had a, like a, a moment of like, oh my, this feels so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, and and yeah. we thank the folks working there profusely mm -hmm. for, yeah. for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are yeah. volunteering time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, shout yeah. out yeah. to the volunteers. Well, I have to pop out. I yep. have another call. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been great uh, talking to you guys, and um, we will see you soon. Yeah. I, Looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank Looking you so much. Looking forward to those hugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. All right. Yeah. Give our best to the girls. We sure we will. will. All right. You have been listening to Alter to the Muse podcast, a production of Jai Studios, LLC. Visit us at altertothemuse.com for more.